Hey y'all, thank you for tuning in to Origin Gates' daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. My name is Parker Thomason and I'm very honored to share this insight of the day. Now I know this may come to you as a little bit of a shocker, but I want to share a story regarding my oldest son and a lesson that we both learned the other day on the baseball field. Uh, We were practicing some drills the other afternoon, and Eli kept getting frustrated because um, since it had rained here in in Mobile, which is not an uncommon thing, we get a lot of rain here, um, there was a lot of just mud around home plate on the practice field that Eli normally plays on. And so he's used to me pitching him the ball, and he hits the ball extremely hard, and it bounces a couple of times and rolls to the fence. Well, today we were having to practice on the field that the high schoolers play on at Murphy High School uh, here in Mobile. And so whenever Eli would hit the ball, it appeared as though he wasn't hitting the ball as hard as he normally does. Now, I can I can vouch for him and tell you that he probably hit it further than he normally did, but this time the ball didn't bounce a couple of times and, and roll to the fence. Um, it rolled, you know, halfway into the outfield and stopped, and so he was very disappointed in himself because the things that he had done before didn't seem to produce the same result that he was accustomed to seeing. And so what happened is is I, I went over to him and I knelt down and I began to encourage him. And Yahweh taught us both a lesson through this. And I said, son, since we've stepped onto a larger playing field, the same mechanics that once worked for us are no longer effective. So think about what I'm saying, and let's put this into perspective. The strategies and the execution of our previous victories will no longer win today's matchup. What I mean by that is it didn't appear that that he had the same success here on the practice field that he was used to even though his performance may have been greater than anything that he had done up until this point. Now, I kind of look back at this thing, and and I just think of a, a thought of how Yahweh's Word is living to us, and how vital it is that you and I hear His voice speaking to us today. It's not about what Yahweh has spoken to someone else. Um, It's not even about any written records or documentation of what Yahweh has once spoken. It's about us living in the moment for today. Will you be in a position that we are able to hear his voice and make his word tangible? So, so listen to this. You know, if, if we would have chosen to practice on the coach pitch field, hitting home runs would would look easy. However, now that we've accepted the invitation to maturity, we realize that you and I must also step up our game. So I want to reintroduce a story that's relative to where we are and touch on a few points that I hope will encourage you as it has myself to move forward. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15, in the Amplified Version it says, While it is said today, while there is still opportunity, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart as when they provoked me in the rebellion in the desert at Meribah. So the command here is is simple. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Now, the pre-qualification 
is to hear. Not that you have heard or that you desire to hear, but that you are capable of hearing now. It's it's the fact that we do not allow our hearts to be hardened as the Israelites did in Meribah. So I went back and, and, and found what this this story, this passage is referencing, and it's found in Exodus chapter 17, verse 6. Um, just to kind of summarize here, it, it was that Moses was leading the Israelites. He led them out of captivity. Yahweh's intention was that they would lead, be led by Moses into the promised land. However, the Israelites were extremely frustrated and unsettled because they wanted water. And so they, they began to become angry with Moses and begin to test Yahweh by complaining about how difficult things were. So I want to read one, one passage of scripture here in Exodus chapter 17, and it's found in verse 6. It says, Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So so in verse 7, it reveals that this place was named Massa or Meribah. This was the place where the Israelites begin to become uh, just a little testing of Yahweh and express their dissatisfaction to Moses. They wanted water for themselves, for their cattle, for their beasts. And so Yahweh had given Moses a command to smite the rock or to strike the rock. Now what happens after this in Exodus 17 is extremely significant. It is when Moses ascends up into the mountain and the Israelites are under attack by the Amalekites that that when Moses would raise his rod above his head, that the Israelites would become victorious. The the narrative of this this battle would shift because the the Amalekites were much stronger, uh, much meaner than the Israelites. They were equipped for war. However, when Moses would raise his rod, And and Yahweh has revealed to me that this was not simply a rod, but it was a scepter that made an announcement of the victory that Yahweh had already prepared for the Israelites. What I find fascinating about this is we're going to look at another passage of Scripture when Yahweh spoke to Moses and instructed him to do something with a rock. Here, it was to smite the rock. He had to strike it, and water came out of it that the people were able to drink. And so, so what happens in Numbers chapter 20 is Moses finds himself in a similar position. And the Lord spoke to Moses in verse 7 and says this in verse 8, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak, speak, speak. Yes, I said that three times. Speak, speak, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the uh, assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, now this is where it changes. He said, here now you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Moses was frustrated with the Israelites because they kept uh, feeling the need to present their needs unto Yahweh. And so 
It says that that Moses lifted his hand and he struck the rock twice with his rod and water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank. In, in verse 12 says this, Then the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, there shall you shall not bring this assembly into the land for which I have given them. This was the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and he was hallowed among them. This, this place of Meribah comes back, and it can be translated to a place that means unrest. So in a position, of unrest, the Israelites felt the need to present their needs unto Yahweh, which in his his ability to be full of grace and mercy, he gave them what they needed. However, that was a compromise because it also disqualified Moses from entering into the promised land. When you and I are in a position of unrest, be cautious that we do not find ourselves presenting our needs unto Yahweh because in his grace and mercy, he will give us our needs, but but we're settling for the need instead of the intention of the promise of Yahweh of what he truly has desired for you and I to possess. I believe that Moses struck this rock because it was familiar to him. It was that that was Yahweh's word to him the last time he found himself in this position. But you and I are in a place now where it is so important for us to be able to hear the voice of Yahweh in this day. What does Yahweh command for you and I to do? And are we going to be found faithful to obey his word, to trust that it's him? Now, what Yahweh began to show me about this is that whenever um, Moses was in, in Meribah in Exodus chapter 17, Yahweh said to me that this was the last time that he had desired for Moses to engage in physical combat. Even though he had struck a rock to allow the water to come forth, that was the last time that he was intended to have a physical, tangible manifestation of, of having to strive to allow Yahweh's word to be fulfilled. From this point forward, there was a gift given unto him of a, a position or a seat of authority that would allow his frequency that is within him to vibrate throughout creation and creation to recognize the governance of Yahweh, the power and authority that Moses was meant to carry for all of creation to respond to him. And so my encouragement today is that you and I will hear the voice of Yahweh. It's that we will just simply trust him wholeheartedly. What does he say to you? If 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 you hear his voice, I believe it said in Hebrews 3, do not harden your heart as when they provoked me. So it's important for us to realize that we must first disposition ourselves from a seat of unrest and we enter into Yahweh's rest in order to have an opportunity to be able to walk in the fullness of what He has desired for us, what He has intended for us. Outside of the promised land, Yahweh still fulfilled the needs of the Israelites. However, there was still a promise that was preserved for them 
If they would simply hear his voice, trust his word. It's the same thing that Joshua encountered at Jericho. There was a protocol. There was an order. And it wasn't a formula that's going to work the same way every time because the word of Yahweh itself is living. The words that Yahweh desires to release are living for us to be able to engage and have an encounter with that that whenever we speak that same life in the presence presence of Yahweh is released through our mouth, through our frequency, and it vibrates throughout creation. And creation recognizes the power and the authority that you and I possess. And so it's it's because of that, like you can you can look again, you know, what did how did Joshua error? Well, after they had possessed Jericho, they went into a little town called Ai. And and I it, it's just funny. You know, I've heard my apostle speak on this and teach on this years ago, but he said that just when you think you've got things under control, a town like AI will sock you. It will rock your world because they thought, hey, we've just taken Jericho captive. We've possessed the riches of the land. So they go in and try to do something similar in an, in a, an era because they think that they can still establish Yahweh's word without Yahweh. And I think that that's one of the biggest problems with religion today is that we want a revelation to be able to share, but we don't want the relationship that the Father desires in order to be able to share it. You know, insight is a consequence of the mind and it draws people back to the individual where revelation is a consequence of the heart and it draws people back unto the Father. What He desires to give to you and I is only going to come through relation. It's only going to come through communion. It's only going to come through that face-to-face time of us seeking His face and allowing the Father to speak to us. And so today, I encourage you, family, to hear His voice and trust His commands. Yahweh desires to place you and I in seats of authority on this earth that will enable us to be able to establish the fullness of his word. And in, 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 I'm telling you, through that is, is the only way that you and I will be truly fulfilled in the fullness of what Yahweh has designed for you and I to possess. So family, I encourage you today to just hear his voice and trust his word. We love you. Thank you for your engagement here with us on Wisdom's Echo. We look forward to being together again.